Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. And so today we're going to continue this message series, and we're going to talk about Benaiah. Benaiah. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, this morning, and we thank you for this day that you have made. This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it, Father. Father God, we just lay aside every encumbrance, every hindrance, every distraction right now that will hinder your word from going forth, God. We pray, Lord God, that even as the faces differ, so does the needs, God. And we pray that you would speak to us a rainbow word this morning. That we will not leave the same way we came in Jesus' name, God. Father God, our hearts are alert, our ears are attentive to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to her bride, his bride this morning, God. So we want to hear from you. We want a sure word from you, God. So I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my Redeemer and strength, in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. Amen. Tell your neighbors, I'm glad to see you this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We are dealing with a spirit of fear. This, 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 this whole concept of fear is the very thing that paralyzes the church today from moving forward. Fear is the opposite of faith. And God is calling us in this hour to rise up from fear and to walk in faith. The Bible said in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20 to 21, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a vigilant fighter, a valiant fighter from Kozil, from Kazil, who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit. And he also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. He struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. We're talking about Benaiah this morning. Benaiah was one of the top five soldiers in Israel during his lifetime, he was a captain or a general in, 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 in the Israeli army. He was the captain of King David's bodyguards. This man was a mighty warrior. The word, the very name, Benaiah, means who the Lord has built. Amen. So God had built Benaiah for his purpose and for his task to be a warrior. The Bible says in verse 20, verse 20 of, of Samuel 23, he, 2, Samuel 20, 2 Samuel 23, verse 20, he also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion, and killed a lion. Benaiah was a lion chaser. Lion chasers chase their fears. <laughs> lion chasers chase their fears. 
This is the most improbable reaction recorded in Scripture. It's counterintuitive. Most of us, when we think about a lion, we will run away from a lion. Just the very presence of a lion on the loose, we will run away from it. That's our natural reaction. But this man of God's reaction was to run after the lion. As a matter of fact, on a snowy day, in a pit, he ran after a lion. Russian psychologist and physician and Nobel Peace Prize winner Ivan Pavlov did some experiments with dogs that made him famous. Pavlov wanted to find out the condition, the condition of reflex or reflex conditions, how they were acquired. He knew dogs naturally salivate to food, but wanted to see if salivation could be caused by another stimulus. So what he did, he discovered as he rang a bell, as he fed these dogs, <laughs> these dogs would begin to salivate because of the food before them. But after a while, he began to move the food away and just begin to ring the bell. And as he would begin to ring the bell, the dogs would still begin to salvate. And so he referred to this as a learned relationship as a conditioned reflex. A conditioned reflex. Aristotle referred to this as the law of congruity, which means when two things commonly occur together, the appearance of one will bring the other to mind. This is the way that God has wired us as human beings. We all have been conditioned a lot more than what we realized. In our lifetimes, we acquire consciously and subconsciously an elaborate set of conditioned reflexes. Some good, some bad. I'll give you an example. One morning, my wife gets up earlier before I do. She's a school teacher. She gets up earlier than I do, and sometimes she'll make herself some breakfast in the morning. I'll still be in the bed, you know, chopping down trees with my snoring. And so one morning, I woke up. It's about 8 o'clock. So I said, oh, my wife left already. She's probably at work already. But I begin to smell something, something funny. I'm like, it smells like gas. I don't know what the smell is. So I went in the kitchen, and sure enough, maybe after she fixed breakfast, she didn't turn off the burner all the way. So it was still gas escaping in the house. So it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, I died in here. Thank God the windows are open. And I turned off the burners. That created a reflex condition in me that every night before I go to bed, I make sure I look at every burner and turn it off. If, I even, if I'm in the bed about to go to sleep, I said, i got to check the stove. It created a reflex in me. I'll give you another example. My wife and I, we have a car. A number of years ago, we were courting before we got married. Went, I went to Florida to visit my mother-in-law, amen, to ask her for my wife's hand of marriage, amen. Yeah, I'm old school. See, I, I, see they don't do that anymore. Amen. So I said, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to meet your mom, and I'm going to ask for your hand in marriage. And we were riding with um, my brother-in-law. And so he had this pool um, business. He was a pool cleaner. So he had this big truck. We were in his truck. And we're coming off the freeway. And all of a sudden, and the car just stops. The van just stops. I'm like, what is going on? He said, oh, we ran out of gas. Right off the freeway. So I'm like, we ran out of gas. 
So he said, just bear with me. I got to go and get some gas. So he got the, the big gas jug, and he went and got gas. While we stayed right there in the middle of a freeway exit, could not move anything, while cars were honking, going around us. That created a reflex in my wife. To this day, if that gas gauge gets on a quarter, you got to fill it up. You don't let it get low. I don't want to see no light on to this day. It created a, a reflex in her. <laughs> You know, some of you, see, some of you will let the gas go all the way down. So you're about to see that light. You're like, okay, I can milk a couple more miles out of this before I have to go to the tank, to, you know, to the gas station. But there's some of us, if we get a quarter, like, no, that's too low. That's too low. I don't want to be caught out there not having any gas. We all have conditioned reflexes. It's natural. In our life, we, 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 we will be um, allowed um, to, to go through these different type of reflexes over time by the different experiences that we have on a day-to-day basis. Some of these reflexes are good. Some of these reflexes are bad. The conviction of the Holy Spirit when we sin is a healthy and a holy conditioned reflex. When you do something wrong, the Holy Spirit checks you. He convicts you. He said, up. Oh, you're like, all right, Lord, I repent. I, I, I did wrong. I'm sorry for what I've done. You confess it. But false guilt, <laughs> constantly feeling guilty over sin that you already confess, that's not a good condition. Reflex. Amen? If God has forgiven, if God has forgotten it, we must too. If God said, I'm going to forgive you your sins and throw your sins in the sea of forgiveness, then we have to do the same thing as well. Many times the enemy comes and he comes to just nitpick of us. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He comes, he comes to throw your faults before your face. He comes and throws distractions in front of your face to get you to create this reflex of fear and of guilt. But we have to realize that God has given us power to overcome that. We look at the apostle Peter. Peter, the mighty man of God the mighty man that rose up on the day of Pentecost. And he preached, amen, to the 120 in the upper room. The Bible says after he was done with his service, amen, and and preached his sermon, the Bible says how many people, 3,000 people were added to the church that day. But before Peter got to that place, the Bible says he was in a low place. The Bible says it's the very same Peter that denied Christ three times. As we read in Luke 22, chapter 60, he denied Christ three times, and the Bible says, then the rooster crowed. Then the rooster crowed. He remembered what Christ said to him. The Bible said he wept bitterly. It was one of the biggest failures in Peter's life, one of his greatest regrets. It said that a sight, a sound, or smell can unlock memories. I know sometimes when I, when I go to certain restaurants, I'm, I'm reminding of mom's home, home-cooked meal. If I hear a certain song, it remind me of a song that I heard when I was a child. Amen. If, if I see somebody, it might remind me of something else. Everything is locked up between our, our sight, our hearing, even our taste. Amen. Our smell can unlock memories. I wonder, after Peter had denied Christ, every time he heard the rooster crow, every morning, it probably was a constant remembrance, a reminder of what he did. Think about it. 
Roosters, roosters don't crow just every, every other day. They crow every day. He must have been tormented inside. Knowing that this is the very thing he denied Christ. The one he said, not Lord, not, not I. I'm not thou art the Christ, son of the living God. This is the same Peter. They said, Lord, uh, if it's you, bid me come. Bid me walk on the water. I'll come. I'll come to you. The same Peter. But every time he heard that rooster crow, it reminded him of his most painful failure. Satan often reminds us of our failures over and over and over again. He wants to condition our reflexes with this spirit of fear and guilt. He does not want us to operate in the grace that God gives to us. But the Bible says Jesus has come, amen, to recondition our reflexes by his grace. God can turn what you think is your final mistake into a single one. What you thought was the end of you, what you thought was your demise, what you thought came to take you out because you stumbled and fell, by the grace of God, he can turn that thing around. God can turn your uttermost, amen, from the guttermost to the uttermost, he can turn your situation around. God can take you from a low place and bring you to a high place. God can take your, your setbacks and turn them to setups. But it's by his grace this morning. I love what God does to Peter. The Bible says in John 21, and, and I love this, the Bible said Jesus restores Peter to the fold. And it's so funny because how many times did Peter deny Christ? How many times did Jesus ask Peter, do you love me? It's almost like if God restored him three times or every time he denied him. And as I looked, I said, but God, but I could still imagine the rooster going off. And he is reminded of his failure of him denying you. And the Lord said, look at verse 4. The Bible says when Jesus restored Peter, when was it? It was early in the morning. What crows early in the morning? The rooster. God reconditioned Peter by his grace. His natural reflex, his, his, his natural inclination is to think fear, to be, bring on guilt. But God says every time you hear the rooster crow, you're going to think of the time that I restored you. The time that I, I lifted you up. The time that I brought you to the fold. And I love that because what, what the enemy will try to use for the bad, God will use it for the good. He turned Peter's final mistake into a single one by his grace. We cannot do anything apart from God's grace. We need the grace of God today like never before. The Bible says if you're going through, you just need to ask for God's grace. Say, Lord, I need more of your grace. I can't even do what I do for the Lord if I don't have his grace to do it. Grace is a gift. And we need his grace today. So the problem is some of us are so conditioned by our failures, by our fears, by what our parents told us, by what your teacher told you, by what your, maybe your spouse told you. Maybe you have been limited in who God has called you to be. You've been bound by a spirit of fear. 
You said, I could never attain to that. Oh, surely I, I, I can't do that. No, did you see my path? Did you see my mistakes? Did you see the things that I have done? Surely I can't go to that level. And it's dangerous in the church because we're quick to point our fingers. <laughs> let someone make a mistake and let everybody know about it. We disqualify ourselves. But God is saying today, I got more for you. If you want more, I got more. If you want more of me, I got more of me. The Bible says in, in, in James chapter 4, he said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Notice not God will draw nigh to you, then you draw nigh to him. Once you make that single purpose in your heart to come close to God, he'll come to you. He'll come to you. The more of God you want, the more of God you can have if you draw closer to him. And he will help you to overcome that fear. The Bible says, Benaiah was a lion chaser. He went into the pit on a snowy day after a lion. Benaiah was reconditioned by the grace of God to chase after his fears. I could imagine not just the sight of the lion, but seeing the teeth of the lion, hearing that mighty roar of a lion. This man wasn't someone who was a coward. This man took down mighty men, the mighty men of Moab. He killed an Egyptian. This man was a fearless man. He chased his fears. So actually today, what line do you need to chase in your life? What line do you need to chase in your life? Our line represents our fears. It represents the very thing. See, when a lion roars, his very roar paralyzes. It's prey. The Bible says the enemy roams around like a what? Lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Have you watched National Geographic? We see the lions roaming around, the lionesses roaming around. You see the buffalo in the distance and they're just roaming around looking for a weak link, looking for some way to get in. God has called us to be lion chasers today, to chase that lion, to chase the very thing that has blocked us up, to chase the very thing that has been eating at us, to chase the very thing that has conditioned us to operate in this spirit of fear. What line do you need to chase this morning? Lion chasers know that the bigger their God is, the smaller their lion become. If you understand the vastness and the bigness and the infinite power of your God, your lions become small. I love that's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And I was, let's enlarge the name of God. 
Let's make his name big. Let's celebrate his name for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In other words, David had problems. He had, he had people trying to kill him, people trying to dethrone him. But he said, you know what? When my enemies came to, to, to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Why? Because the name of the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. The very enemies that have come to try to cause me to, to operate in fear, it won't work because I know how big and great my God is. Is your God too small this morning? Is your God locked up in a box this morning? I know God. No, you don't know God. You're getting to know him. No one knows. No one has the, 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 the corner on God. It's a lifelong experience. It's a day-by-day experience. That's why the Bible says in Luke 9, 23, pick up your cross daily. Deny yourself and follow him. It's a day-by-day process. The more you die to yourself is the more that he can live in you. It's the more that he becomes bigger. It's the more that he becomes greater. Benaiah was a lion chaser. Are you chasing the lion? On a snowy day, cold day, frigid day. What happens when it snows? It becomes slippery. <laughs> Some of you are walking on a slippery path right now. You said, Lord, if you'll hold me up, I'm going to fall. It's getting kind of slippery here, Jesus. I, I, I don't want to lose my footing. But I'm reminding myself, the Lord is my rock and my salvation. Who shall I fear? I, I'm holding on to you, God. You say your words are a lighter to my path. It's, it's going to be a lamp to my feet. Come on, I'm holding on. A snowy day. In a pit. A pit is dark. It's like a cave. But a pit is in the ground. A cave is on top of the ground. Down in a pit on a snowy day. Sometimes it's like there's any way out of the pit, but he went into the pit. See, we're busy running away from the enemy. We're supposed to be running towards him. Oh, when Satan come, no, I'm just, this, I don't want to deal with that. The blood of Jesus, no. Mm-mm. The Bible says resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. In other words, he's running away. You put him to the chase. I am supposed to be chasing after you. And I think sometimes as Christian, we have it so backwards. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 20 22, when King Darius came near the den, he called to Daniel and in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions. Will you make God bigger? Than your problems. How do I do that? You build up your faith. You believe God. The opposite of fear is faith. It's faith. You can't please God without faith. You can't even come to Jesus without faith. He said, if thou confess with your mouth and but what? Believe in your heart. 
that Christ raised Jesus from the dead. Come on. You have to believe it. We walk by faith and not by sight. The problem is with Christians, we're so stuck on the natural senses to lead us, to guide us. God doesn't operate by the natural. That's why he's supernatural. He goes beyond your natural abilities, your natural faculties. He goes beyond that. God delivered Daniel. He shut the mouth of the lions, of his enemy, of those who were around him trying to trick him, trying to destroy him, trying to annihilate him. What line do you need to chase today? Some of you guys call you to step out to do some radical things, but you're afraid. You're so scared because you have a lot of what ifs. But what about this? But what about that? God said, get your questions out the way. Just trust me. There's a hymn we used to sing, so Michelle probably know this. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy with Jesus but to trust. What that word is trust. That word is to believe and obey. We're but God. But this. get your butt out of the way. Lion chasers understand that playing it safe is risky. I love what God said to Dan. God said to Dan, I've caused you to do great exploits for me. The Christian walk is not a safe walk. You have to be able to be willing to take risks. Now, last week we spoke about stupid faith. Or foolish faith versus balanced faith. Here again, I'm talking about foolish risks versus calculated risks. Okay? Don't spend all your rent money talking about, okay, God is going to do it. No, no, no. You spent your rent money. God not going to do that. The devil is a liar. Thank you, Minister Dwayne. The devil is a liar. Let's talk about God going to give me a job. You don't have a resume. Because, you know, we have saints that do that. I told you one saint I knew, she went and bought a wedding dress and everything, not, not even courting, not even dating anyone. So, but I know who my husband is. And the man she thought was her husband, why marry somebody else? Foolish. 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 It's a thin line. Be willing to take risks for God. Be willing to put it all on the line. Be willing to trust God. Be willing to trust him. God is not going to fail you. When, you. when you had so many experiences with God and God has come through for you time and time again, as you face new trials and new storms in your life, you start to, you start, you know, to, to stop worrying. Stop being a little, more, a little less frantic. Because you said, God, if you did it then and you did that, and you did that, and this is my resume with God, and God, you've come through all these many times in my life, how could you not come through this time? The psalmist said, I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. I don't feel always tired. Come on. I can't give up now. 
And some of you have been with God look up to know I've come too far. I'll be turning back now. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, visiting, you know, my old friends from the church. And people backslid. I'm like, you backslid? You've seen God. I, I've, been, I've marveled at your life. Your life encouraged me. You want to backslide? No. This is not the time to give up on God. Because he never gave up on you. He didn't say, oh, this cross is so tired. Oh, I'm kind of tired. Okay, forget it. Let me just come on down. Let me just call the angels. Uh-uh, this is just, just too much. He didn't give up on you. He completed his task. He said it was finished. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews 11:6 says. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't please him. You need faith. You want to see the miraculous operate in your life? You need faith. You need faith. You need to build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You need faith. Lord, I believe, but help by my unbelief. You need faith. Lord, part of me wants to believe, but the other part is saying it's impossible. For all things are possible to them that believe. It looks foolish to see Benaiah going into a pit on a snowy day after a lion. And sometimes to people, you will look foolish. Some of the choices you make, it will look hilarious. Like, what is wrong? That person that went off the rocker. That person went on the deep end. What is wrong with that brother? What is wrong with that sister? But it's God. The Bible says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Sometimes the things that God asks us to do doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. There have been times in my life where I felt the leading of the Holy Spirit telling me to do something. I'm like, God, that don't make sense. No, that don't make sense. No, 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 that, that don't make sense. And God said, trust me. I took a step of faith and he did it. You can't to take one step with God and he'll honor it. Just one step. Just a step in the right direction. He'll honor it. So when you take a step in the right direction towards what God has called you to do, you're chasing your life. Because you're coming against fear. Some of we have childhood fears. Some of us we fear critters. So it's a sister yesterday, she feared mice. <laughs> Man, I don't like seeing mice either. I won't see no water bugs and things fly. I'm like, oh God. No, I can't live in a house like that. Sorry. I was on the mission field. I went to Trinidad. And when the windows were broken and the mission house was standing, we had bats in the house in the morning. I'm like, oh God. We had lizards crawling up the wall. I moved my bed away from the wall because I didn't know what them, what you call wood slaves. I don't want those those critters. Oh, my goodness, no. We all have fears that we face. We all have fears that we face. Some of us, we have fears, fear of failure. We don't want to fail. Some of us have fear of success, believe it or not. We can't see ourselves being successful. We always sabotage ourselves. We always do something foolish to cause us to go back a few steps. Fear of getting close to somebody. That's why you're still single. Don't want to be vulnerable because you've been hurt before. 
We have so many different fears. Fears of going back to school because we, we, we had a bad experience years ago, so we don't want to go back now because we think, oh, I'm older now. It's too late for that. No, it's not too late. It's never too late. God has put greatness in you. If you're a child of God, you're a warrior for Christ. And you're one force to be reckoned with whether you realize it or not. You are a child of the king. I was thinking to myself, I said, wait a minute, we are children of God? I said, do we really understand what that means? But we say we're children of God. I, I, I think we say it so much, it sounds like a cliche, we, we take it lightly. You know, it's like certain scriptures we hear time and time again, oh yeah, for God to love the world, yeah, I know that one. And it seems like it loses its oomph. But you're children of God. God's DNA is locked up inside of you. He's given you his Holy Spirit. You have the very heart of God living on the inside of you. His heart is living in your heart, your spirit. You're possessed by the Holy Ghost. Come on. You have power. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has given you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He has locked up success inside of you. He's put dominion inside of you. But Pastor, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. He said, I mean, Rome's like a, like a roaring lion. She can hear me around. But you have to understand, there's a lion living inside of you. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And if you open up your, if you open up your mouth, he'll roar through your spirit. Yeah, I didn't get that. When you praise God and open up your mouth and praise him, the Holy Spirit will roar through your spirit. The line of tribe will roar through your spirit. Come on, because praise puts the enemy on the what? The flight. I don't think we know who we are today. We, we operate in this spirit of mediocrity, just trying to get by. That's not the spirit that God has called us to live in. We wonder, how come we don't see God's power anymore? How come we only see signs and wonders over there in Africa and all them other third world countries? How come we don't see God doing it here? Because we're too comfortable. We don't know how to rely on God for everything. People walk miles. They don't got no hospital. They alone health insurance. When his prayer service called, the church is packed hours before the service even starts. We call a prayer service here, two and three people showing up. Come on, let's go out to evangelize. Why the pastor and his wife only showing up? Invite your friend to, to church. Invite your family to church. Same people showing up every week. Because we're comfortable. We're comfortable. We're just in our little clique. We don't want to move. We don't want to grow. We just want to sit here and just be complacent. That's not the will of God. There's a world dying out there. And God's looking for some lying chasers this morning. He's looking for people to say enough is enough. He's looking for people to put the enemy on the run. 
And you know you're sick of him because he's been riding you all week. Some of you didn't hardly make it to church this morning because there's so many things going on around you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Where's your faith level this morning? Where's your faith level this morning? One brother I spoke to one time, I said, sometimes we're so deep, we are stuck in our own deepness. <laughs> we are stuck. Everybody want to be deep. Deep in what? Everybody want to be deep. But when's the last time you want someone to the Lord if you're so deep? Everybody want to prophesy. Everybody want to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. But okay, that's supposed to be used outside. That's how souls came into the kingdom. You want to prophesy? Go prophesy someone outside. Use that stuff outside. Get some souls in the kingdom. Go chase the line outside. God is shaking us, gatherers. He's shaking us. He wants us to get in line with him. There is so much that he wants to do. There is so much great potential locked up inside of you. There are things that are lying dormant in you that you don't realize that God has put on the inside of you. I'm blessed every time I see Marola up here leading worship. Because this was just a little quiet usher in the back. Didn't even know she could sing. Good morning, Pastor. How are you? Bless you. Hi, hi. Didn't even know she had that type of voice. She, again, she knew. We didn't know. <laughs> then she comes up one Sunday and blesses us with a song. I'm like, what? And now she's a worship leader. And she's doing a great job. Give God praise for her. She's growing. I'm proud of her. But there's things that are locked up inside of you, things that you never thought or even imagined or fathom that you can do, that God put it inside of you. But when you overcome your fears, when you chase those lines in your life, God will give you the abundance to overcome it. He will give you exactly what you need to overcome it today. So I want to challenge us today. What line do you need to chase? Some of us, let me tell you something. For all of us, time is ticking, tick, tick, ticking away. Some of us, we're not spring chickens anymore. Amen. I'm starting to see little grays and stuff. I'm like, Lord, I'm just in my 30s. I'm seeing grays already. We have to do what God has called us to do. But we know it. It'll be too late. Why not allow God to use you now? You're not too young and you're not too old. Whatever the hindrance is, let God help you. Let God help you. Let God help you. Let him do it. Whatever the struggle is. I made a commitment to the Lord. I said, Lord, okay. I'm going to take on this weight loss journey. I, I keep stopping this. Process. I'm going to do this. For me. I'm going to do it for me. That's that's my line. I'm overcoming that. One of my enemies is cheesecake. An extra pie. Come on. See, I don't want to talk about that type of thing. I'm going to be real. 
I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit to this thing. I, I want to see you do it. And I want you to stop at 20. Thank God for the 20. Praise the Lord. Let's keep on going. Let's not stop there. So what the pants falling off the waist? Praise God. I pull them up. Praise God. Amen. Let's keep it going. Whatever it is. Sometimes we make things so deep and so supernatural. Sometimes it's simple stuff. Get to work on time. Amen. That's conquering a lion. Amen. Service teams get to church on time. I'll talk to y'all later about that. Amen. Sometimes it's the simple things. You want to be so spiritual. Some things are very natural. God's calling us to deal with as well. Chase the line this morning. Let's all stand. We declared a song to the Lord this morning. I give myself away so you can use me. God cannot use an unwilling heart. He is a gentleman. He wants to bless us. He wants us to be fearless this morning. He wants us to overcome those very obstacles that have tried so much, so many years over our lifetime to hinder us. Whatever it is this morning, whatever line God is telling you to chase, he is with you this morning. And I want to encourage you that you're not alone. But if you surrender your life to Jesus today, recommit your life to him today, be serious about him today, he will bless you. He will bless you. Benaiah was a lion chaser. Lion chasers are reconditioned by God's grace to chase their fears this morning. He wants to make you a lion chaser this morning. God changed the Apostle Peter's life and used him to be a pillar in the church. God can revolutionize your life today if you allow him today. All heads bowed and eyes closed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just worship you even now, God. We glorify you, God. Father, we give ourselves away so you can use us, God. We lay aside the weight, the sin, the very things that thus so easily beset us. Oh, God, we come before you today. Make us like Benaiah, God. Make us mighty warriors for you. Warriors, oh, God, that will face fear, that will face intimidation, even if we look foolish. Even if we look awkward. Father God, Benaiah was a mighty warrior. And you've called us to be warriors for you today. A God, you said without faith it's impossible to please you. So increase our faith today, Father. If that's your desire, just won't you slip your hands towards heaven. Whatever fear is holding us back, God. Whatever insecurity idiosyncrasy, whatever issue, God, that is hindering us from stepping forth, God. Father, God, show us how to conquer that thing today. God, show us how to go after our enemies today. Go after every things that have hindered, that have stopped us. Enemies in our home, skeletons in our own closet, on our job, God. 
with our families, God, in our church, God. Help us to go after those enemies, God. For you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We thank you that we have the power of your spirit this morning. We thank you that you've made us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus today. We thank you, Lord God, that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you, Lord God, that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings have thou ordained praise. That I might instillance the avenger and silence the enemy. We thank you today, Lord, that we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. We thank you today, Father, for your grace. Your grace, God. We give ourselves away to you, Jesus. Boy, if you said we draw nigh to you, you would draw nigh to us. So we give ourselves to you, Jesus. Come on, let's just begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to open up your mouth to give him praise this morning. Father, we bless your name, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus, that from the rising of the sun until the going down of the sand, your name is to be praised, God. Father, we bless your name, Jesus. We glorify your name, Jesus. Oh, God, we give our lives to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we lift up our lives to you, God. We lift up our future, oh, God, to you, God, for you know the plans that you have for us, declares the Lord. Plans, oh, God, to prosper us, to give us success, a hope of future, an expected end, God. We come to you, Jesus. We don't have to fear. But we know who holds tomorrow. <laughs> oh, we know you hold our tomorrows in your hand, God. And so we trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. God, we trust you today. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. We give ourselves to you, God. We give ourselves to you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. 